in our Bibles. God bless you. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for all you do. Appreciate Sister Katie and Sister Madeline helping out, doing such a great job. And uh, everybody just doing their part. Your blessing to this church, and we appreciate you. Amen. Revelation 13. Really felt like I was going to preach this this morning, but closer we got to uh, time. I don't mean just a few hours, but it's really Saturday, just feeling like, Lord, maybe there's something else you want for us Sunday morning. And But we feel this so strongly tonight. It may seem like a little bit of a different message, and I appreciate folks that are here today. I hope it's a blessing to you. I believe it will be, but uh, let's ask God to help us tonight. You pray for me that I could obey God and just have uh, have his anointing. Amen. Father, we love you again. We thank you for your presence already hearing our prayers, Lord. I pray that you would, Lord, feed us tonight. Help us to have understanding. We do believe we're living in the end times. We believe, Lord, that time is short. Help us to understand some things, God, that we're up against. And, Lord, to be overcomers, Lord, there's going to be, Lord, a great number, Lord, of those that have overcome by your blood and by the word of their testimony. And we're believing, Lord, that you're going to help us tonight to see what we need to be doing in these last days. In Jesus' name we pray. Again, everybody said amen. amen. Revelation 13, verse 4, says, and they worshipped. Somebody say worshipped. Can't tell you how important that is right now for this that we understand. They worshipped the dragon, which gave the be- power to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, "Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him?" Verse eleven. Drop down to verse eleven. You can read that whole context in your in in, uh, in your spare time. But verse eleven says, "And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth." And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as the dragon, as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire to come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth. By the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast and had the wound by a sword and did live. God bless you. You can be seated. So I want to look at this today, and I know that there's a lot of things that maybe we look at and wonder and try to figure out the understanding of these end time events. But these are very much lined up with what Jesus said. And we're going to see this in Matthew 24 and in other places of the word of God. We see, I think, uh, you know, I've been living for God for, for a while now. And um, been pastoring here for about 25 years. And you can see trends that happen in uh, the church world. Just different things that I have seen even kind of come around and go away and, and come back around. And people say, oh, wow, I, I've never heard anything like this. Oh, that's just making its rounds again. Yeah. Same old lies we've heard before. Right. 
Amen. Nothing, nothing new under the sun. And, and, um, and, and uh, certainly nowadays we see a lot of interest in the prophetic. But there is a difference in just what people have been looking for, what people have been noticing kind of brewing in, in, in the world. And, and, uh, and I believe that a lot of things that once were very important to Christians that we were looking at saying, hey, wait a minute, that's, that's the subtlety of the enemy trying to deceive and to lie to us. Praise God. Nowadays, it seems like some of those attitudes have changed. Let me explain what I mean. We understand that the Bible talks about the beast. There is going to be a, a leader in the world that the Bible calls the Antichrist. The Bible says the Antichrist will deceive many. Obviously, we see this figure coming into the world arena and coming into to, to uh, what we see throughout the world and, and and beginning to accomplish things that are against anti-Christ. I think people still are aware that what we see in Scripture points to this man being a political leader. Many scriptures, we, we don't have time to really get into everything to get to where we're going. But if you have questions, I'd love to, love to take the time to answer them. Now, we'll make the time. But we see a, something, I, I believe, you know, back in, uh, forgive me for, you know, just uh, throwing this out there. You know, with, with, like I said, we've been doing this for a while. But in the 80s, we had a president that talked about a new world order. And, and churches lost their minds. Because... You know, there's a political understanding that says, you know what, as Americans, we don't want to give up our sovereignty to some United Nations. But the churches were saying, hey, there's more than that. That just is going to come into play for a one world government. Amen. And I know, I know, I feel like the Bible talks about scoffers that would come in the end times. Say, ah, come on. I've heard it all my life. Never, nothing ever changes. But. But the Bible says those people that are saying those things are willingly ignorant because you can see how God is working in events to slowly take us into this, this end time event, these end time events. Um, I know, I know we can have all kind of political discussions. I, I don't really have a, I'm not really great at that, but you say, well, you know, what's so bad about, you know, Nations being able to communicate better and, and work together better. I believe in, in diplomacy, but I do want to recognize the Bible talks about everybody coming together under one political leader. I remember very clearly people losing their minds over, uh, over steps that we've seen taken uh, to get a one world economy that would point to. I have articles from from years and years ago, filling a, a, a notebook to, to show that here's another way that, that the communities in the world are coming together to be able to, to have one economy. The world global, word global economy is, is kind of an obvious thing nowadays, but people who are in church would say, oh, we're getting so close to what I see later on in the book of Revelation, a, 
a mark that's going to be given around the world that you can neither buy nor sell without this economic um, institution. So, but the thing is that I really want to get to all these things. I can take you back to Daniel, take you into the book of Revelation and bring it together with what Jesus said about prophecy and, and, and show that it's all very, very clear that it's all working together to show us we are in the end times. But the question a lot of people ask, and the thing that I've always really uh, wondered, people are, are, are really get, get frightened, get scared about, you know, what about a, an antichrist? And what about this mark? And, but listen to me, something that has confused a lot of people, because it used to be in the forefront of churches that understood end time scripture, was that. This beast, this system that he rules under is not only going to be a governmental power, it's not only going to be an economic power, but the Bible says they worshipped the beast. See, the question people ask is, oh, wait a minute, I don't want to take something that is going to, you know, cause me to, to be lost irreparably just on my way to hell. If, you know, is it a political affiliation? Is it something that they're putting out there? Is it this new uh, sharp saver card they're giving out? I don't want to be lost. <laughs> is it this new technology here or there? But listen to me. What you're going to see that has always been what the Bible is talking about. The political side of it plays in. The economic side of it plays in. But what God is looking at that's going to bring it all together is how they worshipped the dragon, the devil, that gives power to the beast, this end time antichrist. And what you have to recognize is that it talks about this beast, another beast that comes up out of the earth which we recognize as a false prophet says has two horns like a lamb, but spake as a dragon. One thing that I believe that I was young, that really you would see books published. You'd hear it on the airwaves of people who were interested in in politics. It was not mainly, Hey, look how politics is playing in. That seems to be what a lot of churches are looking at. And I'm saying it's a part but it's not the main thing from the Bible. Right. Hey, look at uh, economics and look at how the technology is coming together. That this is actually a thought. That, that this is actually happening. And people are, are using different chip technologies to unlock their, their, their homes and their computers instead of a, a, a manual password. Yeah, but the understanding of a one world church. Amen. Was the thing that that preachers were saying, hey, wait a minute. Beware of those that look like a lamb. But listen to what they're teaching. They talk. Their words are the words of the dragon. See, the, the, the Bible in the book of Daniel as well as the book of Revelation is very clear that horns represent power. This beast had power that looked like the lamb. Right. Had, 
had, uh, and we're going to show you in Jesus' words, he talked about this, the, the, the evidence of, of anointing. He's calling fire down from heaven, and people say, whoa, that's God. But there's going to be a few that listen to what he's saying and saying, that's not God. That's not God. That's not what God said. There is so much in this day. You know, let me break away a little bit and bring it back in another way. You know, we've always taught. I'm telling you, ever since I've I've known the truth of God, there has been a strong teaching, practical teaching about the home. Amen. The sanctity of marriage goes way back before any idea of a man marrying a man or a woman marrying a woman. When preachers that get up and talk about, hey, the marriage is sanctified and that's a God's institution and, and we don't want to change that in our, in, in the, uh, in the government and we don't, and I think, well, how many, how many wives did you say you had, Reverend? <laughs> See, we believe that God has given us very clear direction for our homes to be a place where there's a covenant and, but you know what's happened? We looked at this world. The church has looked at the world and said, uh, wow, do you hear what they're saying now? They're trying to pass off things, whether it's, it's uh, homosexuality. And, and the, the words that they would use is, uh, well, we need to have tolerance. Right. And it used to be, back in my day, <laughs> used to be that people said, you know, we, we need to love people. We need to respect people. But we cannot call legitimizing sin right. tolerance. Right. You're using that word in a way that's kind of sneaky and trying to validate something that God doesn't validate. Right. And when the world starts questioning gender and starts saying, well, you know, I, I think there's... Uh, more than just male and female. And I think there's a spectrum of, of endless kind of genders. And now uh, I hear talk all the time. You know, I had to fill out a form, a, a government form or a, an insurance form. And I did something here the other day. I forget it was, I think, for a passport. And, and it said, uh, you know, check one, male, female. And I didn't even look at the rest of the check marks that they had there. All the different things maybe, maybe I might identify as. And the world says there needs to be tolerance. Again, make, let me make it very clear. We love people. We want to help people. We're not here to don't, don't believe in harassing people. Or, but we're not going to validate something that's, that is anti-Bible, anti-Christ for the sake of tolerance. Amen. But what once was said to by preachers to say you know what we're not going to tolerate something that's not biblical we're not going to accept it if it's not thus saith the word of the lord but today we have this idea under a word unity that we tolerate anything and say that's my brother that's my sister can i tell you something the word of god is still right and listen, it can have power and and look like like the like the lamb. Right. But listen to the words. When we have 
this idea that we, we don't preach against sin anymore. We don't tell people to repent of their sin. We don't tell people what it means to walk right and live right. And he is holy, so be ye holy. And say, well, what we need unity. I heard somebody say the other day, we need to all bring people together and, and just, just have ourselves a big old service. No matter what end of the spectrum you are, I have a question about what that spectrum really means. What does that mean? It's okay to, to bow in front of statues of Mary and crucifixes. It's okay to, hello? It's okay to say, you know, not everybody, you know, people say, well, not everybody's, uh, you know, believes in that, that uh, power of God that happened on the day of Pentecost. It's not a Pentecostal thing. It's a Bible thing. Right. Amen. When you start saying, well, that's just that brand of religion, the devil's got you. Because it's not one flavor of the same thing. I'm going to tell you, there's people today, I've met them. They say, wait a minute, you believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost? That's demonic. Are we on the same spectrum? Is that the, is that the lamb or the dragon? See, this idea of tolerance and unity now has slipped into churches. I'm not trying to, you say, you ought not fight against other Christians. I'm not fighting against anything. I just want to know the truth. Amen. Look what Jesus, let's look at some scriptures. I'm going to go through these a little quickly. But Matthew 7, Jesus is preaching in the Sermon on the Mount. See, you got to understand, it's, if you're going to be like Jesus, if you're going to be like the Lamb, You've just got to, to love everybody. I agree. We got, you better love everybody. But that doesn't mean everybody's right. That doesn't mean everything that is, sounds, looks like the lamb is talking like the lamb. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 7 verse 15. Beware of false prophets, which come to you how? Looking like a lamb. Beware of false prophets that come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Listen to me. Jesus said there's danger. It looks like the lamb, but it's got the voice of a dragon. We're living in a day where mega churches have gathered together with a, that look like a lamb that have, have the garb of that and use the name of Jesus. But you listen and it's, it's a dragon. Help us, Lord. Hallelujah. Look what it says. Drop down and, well, let's go back in, in Matthew 24. This whole chapter, Matthew 24, is about prophecy. Jesus speaking now. This same Jesus, love your neighbor, love your enemy. Amen? Right. Believe in it. But that doesn't mean you agree with something that is anti what Jesus said. That doesn't mean that you just say, well, that doesn't matter. Come on, we're all believing Jesus. What does the Bible say? And many false prophets shall rise, listen now, and deceive many. My question for those that have forgotten that the Bible talks about a worldwide religion that worships a prophet, well, follows a prophet that causes them to worship a beast. Who are the false prophets? That's why we need to know the word of God. That's why we need to love the word of God. It's not just everything you feel. 
It's not just everything you see. I believe in signs and wonders and miracles. I believe in it as much as I ever have. But just because they have horns like a lamb does not mean they you got to listen to what they're saying. False prophets shall rise and deceive many. Drop down to verse 24. And there shall rise false Christs, false prophets. Listen, who in the world, who in their right mind would fall for something like this? Look what it says. That show, shall show great signs and wonders in so much that if it were possible that the very, they shall deceive the very elect. My sheep know my voice, he said. They're not going to follow a hireling. Right. Not going to follow someone that is, we're going to get back to this, in this for money. Right. In this for celebrity. They're going to hear the voice of the shepherd. Can I tell you there's a lot of things in the world, some of them religious, some of them very much seeming like the real thing, but the sheep are going to hear his voice. That's what the Bible says. Because if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. We don't have time to play games. We don't have time to fool around. The Bible talks about deception on an end time level that will be unprecedented. Go back to Second Peter, the second chapter. Not going to be long tonight, Lord willing, but Second Peter two. I want to say that it was not so uncommon years ago that people didn't just accept everything that came down the pike saying, Lord, Lord. Amen. Jesus said they they call me Lord, but they don't they don't do what I tell them to do. Bible says he that nameth the name of Christ should depart from iniquity. Look what it says in 2 Peter 2, verse 1. But there were false prophets also, look at this, among the people. That makes it tough. But look at your Bible throughout the time of uh, of Moses all the way through to to the time of Jesus. And I think we talked about it this morning. Just just a, a religious opposition against God's truth. False prophets also among the people, even... As there shall be false teachers among you who shall privily bring in damnable heresies. Not pulling any punches, guys. Hello? Seriously. We're supposed to just forget all that? That's our Bible. Peter said, we got to be careful about heresies, false teachings. False prophets that will bring somebody in and cause you to, to, to be lost. Amen. It, it, it's so close. They're, they're false prophets. You know, you don't have, uh, I think somebody the other day brought in a counterfeit bill. They said, look at this. Somebody gave this to me and, and I thought it was real. And, uh, you know, Sister Katie grabbed it and said, that ain't nothing. Off. That's obvious. You know why it's obvious? Because she's been around the real thing so much. She worked at a bank and and this is what you look for and this is how you do that but when you get familiar with the real thing there's going to be something that that kind of works in your spirit say you know what that doesn't sound like the lamb everything on the superficial surface and people just playing games it just seems like it it seems just right oh they're saying oh they're singing the same song well kind of the same and they're saying the same message well not really the same 
Well, help us, Lord. Brother was reading his Bible the other day. You know, it just made it easier for him because it's looking at something that that, uh, you know, didn't have uh, all those these and thous. And, you know, so but then I came along and said, wait a minute, this kind cometh not out, but by prayer and fasting. Is that in your Bible? Because it's not in mine. Imagine that. I guess that's too hard to understand. Help us, God. False prophets shall bring in damnable heresies, denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Look what says first John, not the gospel of John, but later on, first John, third John, second John, third John, Jude and Revelation right there. But before Revelation, you get to first John, the fourth chapter. You got to just be aware of these things. There's such a underlying spirit in the day. Oh, wait a minute. Are you being judgmental? Loving Jesus. Not the Jesus that I've met, made up in my mind. Not the Jesus that a preacher somehow has concocted so that he can build a following. But the Jesus of the word of God. Yes, sir. I've asked people over and over again some I would love to see more unity. Of course, I'd love to see people just getting along and and, and more people coming to God. But under what are what are we willing to give up for that? The Bible says in first John four, verse one, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Say, Who are we to judge? Who are we not to judge with the word of God? Uh, you know what? I don't want to say anything. I, I don't want to be judgmental. I don't want to be judgmental either. But if it's a wolf rather than a teacher, I've got to beware. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. How do I know? It looks like God. It looks like a lamb. But listen to the words. Help us, God. Try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are going out into this world. Many false prophets. You know, there's a story in the Old Testament about uh, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob was a mess for sure, but God had his hand on his life. God had a plan for him. And... um, their father was dying. He, he couldn't see very well. And he was going to give his blessing to the oldest son. And he was only older by a couple of minutes, really. They were twins. And I don't believe it was God's will for any of this to happen, except God had promised to give the blessing to, to Jacob. But Jacob had a way to try to figure this out and, and work it out his own way. And that always causes problems. And he had a lot of problems. When he was getting ready to die, he said, the days of my pilgrimages are few and evil. He went through some things because of his deception. But you know what? He, he deceived his dad, tried to make himself out to be Esau. And when Esau, when his dad was... Isaac was was laying in his bed. He goes before him and and begins to talk to him and gives him some some of his favorite food and says, bless me. And something's wrong. Something doesn't sound right. This man can't see. But he says, come a little closer. Now, Jacob had already realized that his 
his brother was uh, had a lot of hair on his body, and and uh, if if dad reaches up and grabs my arm, he's not going to feel a, a Esau's arm. He's gonna he's gonna know it's it's me, and oh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be cursed. So he took uh, the skins of the goat that he had prepared and said that it was venison and put him on his arms on the back of his neck. So his dad reaches up and, and, and touches him and touches his arm, grabs him by the back of the neck and pulls him in and, and says, you know what? I feel Esau. Isaac said unto Jacob, come near, I pray thee that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. Jacob went near unto Isaac, his father, and felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice. But the hands are the hands of Esau. So he trusted what he felt over what he heard. I'm going to tell you, no matter what you feel, I'm telling you, you can get goosebumps at a rock concert. You can get goosebumps watching an action flick. You can feel excitement and people know how to manipulate people. But listen, if it's not the word of God, it's not God. There was a man in the Old Testament named Balaam. I want to end with this. There was a man, uh, the Israelites in the book of Numbers were, were traveling through the wilderness. And, and uh, there was a king that saw them and said, you know what? Just seems like everything that happens to them, God's on their side. And, and it seems like they just, we, we, they're going to find us and they're going to wipe us out. We need to be proactive here and come up with a plan. And he came up with an idea. There's a prophet named Balaam. Now, this prophet was not a child of Israel. He was not a, a Hebrew. He wasn't part of the covenant. But he, somehow he had this gift that he was able to, to hear from God. It's interesting because you'll see God have these kind of situations in the Bible. He said in his word, I'm going to test you. He told them in the law, I'll test you. There'll be people that'll, they'll be hooked up. They'll know what's going on, what's going to happen. But don't you go stray away from the word. Balak was the king and he goes to Balaam and says, I want you to, to curse Israel. If they get cursed from God, then I can beat them. Balaam, there's, uh, we'll probably preach about this sometime soon. I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this. But Balaam rejects the, at first the offer and says, I can't take your money. But then, then uh, he offers him a lot of money and he says, well, maybe I can. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll ask God a second time. Maybe God didn't hear me quite right. And that was not right. Not right. And he paid for that. Yes, sir. If you read this story, you think, man, Balaam's the hero of the story because Balaam, you know, God about meets him and is getting ready to just kill him along the way because God already told him once, don't do it, but the money got it. And so God said, okay, go, but only say what I want you to say. And Balaam blesses the people of God. It's an amazing prophecy. He prophesies about, about Jesus coming. He prophesies their blessing, even though they were so, you know, the Israelites were, were trouble, you know, they were problem children. And, uh, Balaam just blesses them and blesses them. Balaam said, don't, don't bless them. Don't say anything. If you can't curse them, then don't say anything. Don't bless them. And Balaam said, I can only tell you what God told me. You think, wow, this is amazing. But then 
You find out if you really read the scriptures, Balaam gave him an idea. He said, you know what? You're not going to curse him that way, but I can tell you what to do. Send some Moabite sleazy girls over there and let their boys see these girls and let them start marrying them. And, you know, they'll pull their hearts away. And that's exactly what happened. He counseled them. Don't come at them with military might. Don't come at them with try to curse them because they're not going to be cursed. But you get them to get their mind off the covenant, get their eyes on their flesh and their lust. God will get angry with them and deal with them. And Balaam gave him that counsel. Look what it says in the book of Revelation. One more time in, in Revelation 2. Just a little bit more. Revelation 2 verse 14. Now, Jesus is speaking to the church in Revelation 2.14. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. He said, church, you've got that teaching of Balaam in you. You're okay with it. You've got them that hold the doctor. What is that? This idea that, oh, uh, the, the money preachers that can tell you it's all right. You believe in Jesus. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to worry about righteousness, character, walking with God. You can have it all. And he says, I hate that. I have someone against you. Second Peter talks about it this way, which had fors- the, he's talking about those that have backslid from the church. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray following the way of Balaam, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Yes. Jude puts it this way. Woe unto them, for they have gone the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward. There are false prophets, false preachers, false teachers in the world. That are all about building their own kingdom, building their own name, and tell people lies. And it looks like God. It looks so amazing. The worship is so awesome. There's powerful electric electricity in the air and, and just such an amazing message of faith and promise. But listen closer. Listen closer. How are some of these false prophets you see? Out there, how are some of these teachers, multimillionaires, how are they not in the unemployment line? You can see so clearly the lies and the foolishness and the money and the money and the money. Amen. And nothing, no prophecy that says, you know, repent of your sins. Turn to God with all your heart. Walk away from things that are pulling you down and binding you and turn to Jesus with everything that's within you. Listen, in this day, there is so much a push that is a deception. It's got horns like a lamb, but it speaks like the dragon. We need to be in tune with the shepherd. Let's bow our heads in prayer. We don't have time to play games with our souls. We don't have time to go through the motions and not recognize that deception is so so real, so prevalent. If it were possible, Jesus said in these last days, the very elect would be deceived. I, you don't have to fear. He wants you to be saved. God wants you to be in heaven. 
He'll guide you. He'll lead you. But the moment you start hardening your heart, just moment you start saying, well, I can't do it this way. I can't just give God everything. I can't just give up sin. It's just not going to. I'm going to tell you, you make yourself right. Preachers are a dime a dozen to tell you it's all right. Don't worry about that. I'm, I'm not going to challenge you. I'm not going to. I'm not going to make you feel uncomfortable. The Bible talks about a wedding supper. Talks about a feast that we're going to be a part of. It's a beautiful picture of being reunited when Jesus comes back. The Bible talks about somebody that shows up at this beautiful occasion. But they don't have the wedding garment. What is that? That's the righteousness of Jesus on your life. Not just symbolically, but you walk with Him. You follow Him. He, he's your shepherd and He leads you in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. The Bible says they took that one and said, Why would you come without that garment, without my righteousness on you? And they cast Him out in outer darkness. He's now lost. Today, I want to tell you there's... There's a call in the land from pulpits, sadly. that It looks so much like a lamb, but if you listen to the voice, it's the voice of the dragon. The idea that anything goes, the idea that just because you said you believe and, and you can just go and, and live any way you want and not let the Spirit of God just lead you and guide you and cleanse you. They're being deceived. Listen, God wants the best for you. Your sins haven't done you any favors. The enemy's been just that, an enemy to you. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give you life. Listen to his voice. Get familiar with his voice. Because he said, my sheep hear my voice, and another they will not follow. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's find a place to pray. I know this may have been different than what you expected tonight. But we're living in dangerous days. The Bible says perilous times.
lead us away from showboating our flesh and more about a broken, humble attitude that worships you. Lead us away from sins that cause our families to be divided, cause hurt. Lead us into a path of serving one another, loving one another. God wants to help you have a life that is and fill you with joy, with peace. Take away anxiety and fill you with His power. Oh, help us, God. Help us, God, to have ears to hear what Your Spirit would say. telling you, we see things in this world, we see things in our culture that are changing drastically, but my eyes are on what's being said from pulpits and from Christians. Listen for the shepherd, listen for the word, listen for truth, because we can see the deception. Deception is on the move. God help us. God help us. I want to read one more scripture in closing. Second Timothy, Second Thessalonians two talks about these days that we're living in. Let no man deceive you by any means that they shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. He goes on and says, the mystery of iniquity is already working. But he comes after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness in him them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they shall believe a lie, that they all might be damned that believe not the truth but have pleasure in unrighteousness. God's word is clear. Prophetic words that so often people have just forgotten, laid aside because it's just not popular. It's not acceptable in a day of tolerance. But God help us to be so in love with Jesus that we're hearing His voice and recognizing the lies. Let's let's all stand. Father, thank You. Thank You for loving us. Thank You for caring about us and that You'd protect us. You'd, Lord, keep Your children in the days that we, we see coming, God. You would, Lord, just guide us as, to, as Your sheep, Lord. And we trust You. We believe, Lord, that You'll just keep us in Your care. Lord, I pray now that you just go with us, draw us closer and closer to you every day. And Lord, bless each one. Lord, keep us safe as we travel.
We'll give you all the glory, give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen. God bless you.